welcome back to the hashtag Canna Chick Chats podcast brought to you by Oxen Plow, now an online magazine and platform featuring our favorite CBD products and supporting women in the cannabis space. We will soon have an updated website which will be featuring a CBD education series, our favorite products, like I said, and featuring other women in the space. I'm so excited for this change and we can't wait to see what you think. Okay, let's get into it. So today we have author, entrepreneur, and Jane of all trades, Nikki Furr. She's an incredible entrepreneur, so incredibly smart, such a spitfire. Uh, Nikki grows legal cannabis in several states. She's also the CEO of A Floor, a cannabis company that develops strains and products with a focus on women's health. Nikki's also a cannabis lawyer, cultivator, and bud tender. She also owned a bookstore called Puddin' Heads Books. <laughs> it was independent bookstore, and it was in St. Louis, Missouri, where she currently lives. I can't wait to talk about Nikki's new book, A Woman's Guide to Cannabis. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Did you get your coffee? I did. I got my coffee and I got the app working and it's on the Bluetooth in the car so you can actually hear me. That's awesome. And I, I'm all set. I pulled it off. All right. Great. That's what I love about um, the Anchor app is, and, and all of my listeners know that I use it is because it's so versatile. You can use it in the car, on your desktop. So it is pretty functional. I'm glad that you were able to do it so easily. I know. I'm kind of pleased with myself. I feel like a millennial. <laughs> no, you're better than a millennial. You you did it wonderfully. Um, I, well, I just I want to welcome you to the show and thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. So I would just love to tell the audience like who you are. Just go ahead and introduce yourself, and um, I just want the audience to know everything about you and, and what you do and your mission and talk about a woman's guide to cannabis. I am, my name is Nikki Fuhr and I work in the cannabis industry. Um, I, and I, I don't really have a job title cause I do so many different things at this point. Um, but my goal, what I, what I try to do the most is, is, um, focus on products for women and focus on making dispensaries more accessible for women as well. Um, and that's part of the book. And that working in dispensaries, I realized we needed a book. We needed a book to educate new patients walking in the door for the first time. Um, there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to learn about why we're going, and there's a lot to learn about the products that we find in the store. So I just – and before I started working in cannabis, I owned a bookstore. Um, so I was, I'm very used to having a book to give to you when you're asking me questions and people were asking questions about marijuana and I didn't have a book. So I saw the need for one. That's amazing. I want to just go back just a little bit. How did you, how did you, were you, um, in the cannabis space when you owned your bookstore or walk us through what that looked like in terms of owning your bookstore? (laughs) (laughs) That looks like a midlife crisis. Um, I closed. The bookstore in St. Louis um, before I got into cannabis, and that 
once I closed the bookstore, I did not really know what to do with myself. Um, and then, so that sort of turned into the plan of like, well, let's pack a U-Haul and move to Denver. Um, so I switched from the bookstore to cannabis when I closed the store. Wow, that that's such a risk. Um, would you mind talking a little bit about, like, do you feel like you always have had that entrepreneurial spirit? And did you have a, a love for cannabis before you opened the bookstore? And have you always thought about it and wanted to be in the industry? Or was that just kind of um, a turning point for you in terms of wanting to be in the space? And then and then you, you said like a midlife crisis, like what was going on for you during that time? <laughs> Um, when I closed the store, I had been working uh, 10 to 12-hour days, six to seven days a week for a few years, and I was tired, and I was tired of being in the same spot every single day. So um, part of just getting into cannabis and moving to Denver was just to take a break, um, get into hiking a little bit, and uh, take some time. So it was just sort of a break, but then, and and I, you know, I have enjoyed the marijuana plant since college. Um, like most people, I never really, and I knew, you know, it was medical in California and it was, you know, starting to take off in other places. Um, and I hadn't really paid much attention to the industry until, um, we started talking about CBD and seizures and that my older brother is now today in 2019, his diagnosis is autism, but it used to be, um, severe mental retardation. Um, he functions at like the level of a two-year-old and he's not super verbal. Um, and he has daily seizures. And when I saw the CNN special about um, the high CBD weed and how it was helping seizures, that is sort of what really inspired the trip. Mm. And so being that that was your inspiration from that point, did you start researching or, or what led to your uh, wanting to make different um, cause you've created edibles and topical products for medicinal and recreational markets all over the country. What did that process look like? Did that lead you into creating those things for him or was it just out of pure inspiration and passion for the plant? It was when I got to Denver and started working in dispensaries, um, around town and and started shopping and I was looking for high CBD strains I was looking for high CBD products um, and I wasn't finding any every dispensary was telling me like we're growing Harlequin now we're growing Harlequin now it's not ready yet um, so I sort of got there as the CBD was just starting to spread and that it, it, it takes a minute right anywhere just because you've grown out a few Harlequin plants doesn't mean now all of a sudden we've got great medicine on the shelves um, we have to develop CBD strains just like we develop THC strains to have a variety and then use those plants to make edibles and topicals and, and make the products and the vape pens and everything else that people are looking for. Um, and that in doing the research, and I am a lawyer, I'm not a doctor, so I'm a fan of research, but um, I, I am never giving medical advice. I just want to make that clear. Um, but in looking through all of the research and what I could find, it became clear that a mix of THC and CBD was the most beneficial cannabis for most people. Um, that just over and over again, every study I saw was, you know, if you use both together, um, it was much better than just THC or just CBD. So sort of um, 
getting into one-to-one products and getting um, a variety of high CBD strains on the market, that's sort of now my goal. What's the ratio that you recommend to your clients? And that's different for everybody. That's di- everybody's got a different system. Everybody likes a little, everybody likes a different level of high. Everybody feels better with a different number of milligrams. Um, I'm a fan in that it does depend on the dosing that we've got in the store. And it seems like most edibles and things we've got dosed at about five or 10 milligrams um, of THC and CBD. And those are pretty good for people. But I know a lot of people that 10 milligrams of THC is too much. Yeah, um, they it don't, is for me they, too. They don't like feeling that high. Yep. So those, same for those me. people, right, 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 need to do two and a half to five milligrams yep. of THC. So that it, it really is dependent on everyone. And that's why I like making products in different ratios so everybody can find the thing that works for them. That's so cool. Um, I want to talk about um, kind of a little bit about your story in the dispensaries. Did you start out as a bud tender or, or how did that begin? I, well, I started as a trimmer, um, and I trimmed a couple of places, and, and I kept jumping around from place to place uh, just because I wanted to see the difference in operations from a 10,000-square-foot grow to a 100,000-square-foot grow. That's, it's a whole different animal. Um, and, and when you trim, you can sort of sit there and watch how everything works and how the organization is set up and... and um, really get an idea of, of what's going on. So that I started as a trimmer in dispensaries. I started as a butt tender. Um, and just because I had owned a bookstore and I knew how to manage inventory, I managed a dispensary um, and then started consulting for cultivations and dispensaries in other states. What was it like being in the dispensaries as a female in this industry? And then also um, just management of people in general. It's, I mean, it's kind of fun. It, um, there's a lot of turnover in a new industry, and that happens. People, and it's an industry that's growing so quickly. Um, you start as a trimmer or a bud tender, in six months you could be managing a dispensary. It's not if you show up to work and you're responsible and you hustle, um, you will get promoted quickly just because the industry is growing so quickly. And it's such a difference from publishing from where I came before, where the entire industry, all of the news is constantly, you know, no one reads anymore, no one's buying books, sales are down, stores are closing, um, it's all doom and gloom, and nothing is very positive. The marijuana industry is the complete opposite. Everything is growing so quickly, no one can keep up. Um, and that I do recommend for everyone, starting at the bottom and working your way up, because it happens quickly, and then you really understand each level of this industry and what's going on. Yeah, I agree with that. <clears throat> and I want to go into how that led and, and just navigate us through like how you got to the piece where you're like, Oh my God, like how many years into being a dispensary manager or being in the industry in general, where you're like, we need a book, like, like, and, and, what <laughs> <made> you, <laughs> and, and what gave you the, the inkling also to be like, and we need it for women. That happened in Illinois. That happened in Illinois because in Illinois, um, when I got to Colorado, medical marijuana had been around for a while. Dispensaries had been open. It was sort of established. In Illinois, everybody was new. The cultivators were new. The dispensaries were new. The inspectors were new. And the patients were new. They had never been in dispensaries before. 
Um, so we spent a lot of time teaching everyone, like, this is the difference between an indica and sativa. This is a vape pen. This, this is um, how edibles work. This is how a topical works. And it's and it really is sort of the same information. When everybody started going to Starbucks in the 90s, we all had to learn the difference between a latte and a cappuccino. It's the same thing. <laughs> um, and that, I, 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 people have tried so many different ways to educate medical marijuana patients, and honestly, you start with the books. Um, and there was no book that took the patient through the dispensary experience, step-by-step, step and explained to them what was going on. And a lot of dispensaries you go to, there's a line. Um, there are people behind you, and you're in a little bit of a rush. You don't have time to spend 30 minutes asking questions, and you really do need to spend 30 minutes asking questions when you're first getting started at this. So, um, and that's why I saw the need for the book. And to be honest, um, and, I, and, for, and I do think it's important for women to be able to talk about medical conditions and health issues that men don't deal with. Men don't deal with menopause, and men don't want to talk about menopause. Um, but there are a lot of ways that cannabis can help with menopause, and I think women need the time and the space to be able to discuss that. Um, so that's why it was sort of geared for women as well. Um, but honestly, the, the original title was Grow Weed Like a Lady. So it was just sort of for fun from the very beginning. That's awesome. And, and I the, the graphics of your book are so beautifully done. And oh my gosh, the illustrator is amazing. I mean, just branded so well. Um, and, you know, I... I'm a designer by trade, but, and I just appreciate it so much. What gave you the idea to, to have that type of graphic versus a more educational approach? Cause a lot of like books, especially in cannabis, they're not graphic and illustrated in that way. So, so what gave you that idea? And that I cannot take any credit for any of that at all. That was all um, my publisher. Workman is the publisher for the book. And it was their idea to do illustrations. Um, they found the illustrator. She's amazing. Um, they put all of that together. And the thing is, and in that, with owning the bookstore, um, I, I know what all of the publishers are like and the kind of books they put out. I looked at their catalogs every season and bought their books. Um, and when I had put this proposal together, and this is the kind of book I want to do, I didn't really have a clear picture of what it looked like. Um, I didn't know if it looked like a cookbook with photographs or what was going to happen, but I knew it was going to be a work was the publisher I wanted. Um, just because I know, I mean, they're not, they're not known for being sexy. They're not known for being cool. Um, but man, they can put a good book together. Um, and I've just seen them do other books. So that was definitely the publisher I wanted. And thankfully when they got the proposal, my editor, had a list of book ideas on books she wanted to put out and women and weed was on her list. That is so cool. And, you know, for our audience and any um, other uh, cannabis women in the space that are focused on writing a book on cannabis or um, just in the industry in general, what are some recommendations that you, that you suggest for women who are just starting out that have no idea how to write a book, have never worked in a bookstore, but know that they want to write a book in this space? What are, what are some good resources? Because I, I wouldn't even know where to start, but you have this knowledge of, because you owned a bookstore, you already are ahead in that way. Mm Mm-hmm. And that, right, and that, um, I did work in publishing. I was, I was an English major in college. 
um, I did sort of have the background for this, but the trick is with any book in any industry, um, and I and before I owned the bookstore, and that's why it was easy for me to get an agent, and people are going to hate me for this, I worked at Writer's House, the, the agency that sold the book for me. I had friends there, so I didn't really have to do the traditional send the query letter to agents because I was already friends with one. Um, and I sent him a text and said, wouldn't it be funny if there was a book called Grow Weed Like a Lady? And he was like, oh, that is funny. Let's do a proposal. Um, so it was a little different for me because I have that background. But here's the trick. This is what you do. You go out and you find if cannabis is your subject, you go out and you read every other book on cannabis that's out there in print. And you see what book you need that's not there yet. Um, you look for the hole in the market. You look for the book that needs to exist and isn't there yet. And you check all the other books to make sure that they haven't done it. Um, because that, and, and honestly, the cannabis sort of cookbook, gardening book section of the bookstore should be bigger than it is. We need more books about marijuana. Um, and that, if you're going to sit down and write one, yours just needs to be different from the other ones so that a publisher and a reader um, sees a reason to pick it up and read it. I agree with that. And so what holes do you see in the market right now? Like what are some, you, you specifically <laughs> said gardening and cookbooks. What other holes do you see in the market that we need more of in this space in terms of books? Because like you said, you know, bookstores all over are, I'm, I'm an avid reader. So for me, it's heartbreaking when I see bookstores that are no longer and being taken over by Amazon and other online platforms and Kindle and print isn't as appreciated as it used and once was. Was. Um, what, do you, what do you see in the industry for that? I, uh, I see more cookbooks. I see more recipes. People love to make their own edibles. Um, and I have seen uh, some people on Instagram that are just taking beautiful photographs of gorgeous recipes that they're making. Um, and I think those people should put cookbooks together. Um, I think there's room for memoir and biography this is my story of how marijuana has helped me and others or people like us um now that we're getting into the research on the benefits of cannabis and and different conditions and different pain um people really like to connect to stories that resonate with them um so like relatable content Exactly, exactly. And so a memoir of this is how um, I have overcome my fibromyalgia. Other fibromyalgia patients will like to read that. Um, And you sort of, yeah, tell your story and find that universal truth that everybody relates to. Do you feel like in the industry, and and I feel this way, but sometimes when you go to a dispensary or even little boutiques, like I'm from Portland, Oregon. So um, I've seen a lot of uh, beautifully done uh, dispensary boutiques. But what I notice is there is a lack of product in terms of education. So that I don't see books or magazines or anything that I can grab to add to my cannabis purchase. Do you think that we need to have more of those boutiques in the industry? I have seen, and that when I travel now, I make it a point. I go see every dispensary in that city. Um, so I've seen a lot of dispensaries, and a lot of them do sell books. A lot of them have gorgeous bookshelves in their lobbies um, with cannabis books. Um, 
And that, I mean, depending on your state, if you have home grow in your state, yes, you're going to have all of the gardening and sort of cultivator books and, you know, at Rosenthal and all that stuff. Um, and states that don't have home grow, maybe you have more cookbooks. But I've definitely seen some that put out books in magazines um, and have supplemental materials besides just, you know, rolling papers and T-shirts. I love that. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit more. I know we're, we're close to time, but I want to talk a little bit more about the content in your book and how you um, decided to section out your content. Like, how did you start writing? Um, how much time did you put into the book? And how long did it take from start to finish? <laughs> It took a while. Um, I wrote the proposal in 2016. I think it was sort of in November, December. They were like, okay, get going. You've got till August to finish the first draft. And they just sort of left me alone to make a mess. Um, And the first draft was all over the place. And then we spent the next, I would say, almost a year revising it and fixing it and making it organized and laying it out. And that, I mean, with, with my publisher, with Workman, they're so good at putting these books together. I just did whatever they told me to do. Um, I trusted them to put it together in a way that made, made sense for everyone. Um, and that's sort of what it does. It it lays out why we're doing this, why it works, um, what we can get in the dispensary and then how we can make our own products because right. Not everybody has access to every single product in every dispensary. Um, we might have to make our own things. So there's recipes and um, suggestions and tips in the back. And my favorite thing, which is making edibles, not from flour, but from concentrates, um, just so I don't have to do the extraction myself at home. And then the test results on that concentrate tell me how many milligrams are in my edibles. I love that. Um, Nikki, you are so well accomplished and a Jane of all trades in the sense. I mean, you have so many facets to your background and just so impressive. Um, what gives you the energy to do all of this and to get you to where you've been and what's next for you and what's next for the book? That was like four questions. Sorry. (laughs) I know, right? I know, right? The energy comes from sativas and coffee. Um, and lots of good sleep. And I just, I'm one of those people that like to work. I, um, enjoy working. That is my hobby. I will do that more than anything else. I don't know what else to do with myself if I'm not working. Um, and next, and now, and I've spent the last few years working for other people. And the next thing I get to do, I'm excited about is opening a store again in St. Louis, except this time it's a dispensary. Um, and not a bookstore. We will still, and I'm going to get the good bookshelves this time, um, we're still going to sell books in the lobby of the dispensary, but um, now Missouri has passed medical marijuana, so I'm going to get a cultivation processing and dispensary license so that I can grow and start my own brand um, in St. Louis. That's awesome. Can we talk a little bit more about um, the company that you've just launched and is in the process of? Absolutely. Absolutely. And this, this is when a state passes medical marijuana for the first time, um, everybody thinks, oh, we get weed next week. Nope. Um, everything takes longer than we expect. Not only do we have to grow the plants, we have to build the greenhouse and we have to do all the paperwork. And the paperwork is what takes forever. And now we've sort of thrust this new thing upon the state of Missouri and the Department of Public Health and Senior Services. And while they're excited, about marijuana and they think it's neat and they're pleased to be helping make medicine 
they still have no idea what they're doing. So they have to look at all these rules that we just passed and figure out what they're responsible for and create the forms and put everything on the website and get ready and hire inspectors. So we sort of need to give the state a little time to get ready while we get ready. I have to go find the perfect location to put this dispensary. I have to find the perfect location to put my greenhouses. Um, I have to get the money together to do all of this. And all of that takes a little bit of time. So next year is when we'll really get stores open and patients in Missouri will be able to go in and get products. But the good news is with all this prep time, we will be ready for them and have really neat things um, on the shelf. That's so exciting. I, I can't wait to hear all about it. And I'd love to have you back when you do open. I I think that would be super cool. And um, I just I am really your story is so intriguing in the way that it has so many different avenues and I would love to just kind of talk a little bit about your personal um, experience do you have any mentors that helped you through this process in in creating such a successful brand and book Um, and was your family involved at all and what were their thoughts on it and and what kind of helped you and drive your success today I, uh, my family is very supportive. Uh, my mother took a little time. We, I used to get grounded for having marijuana. And so we went from that to, um, it helping my brother. So then she sort of turned the corner and then once the book happened, then she sort of got excited about it. And then really once her friends got interested and excited about it, that's when she found that it was okay. Um, and it turns out her friends are more excited about the marijuana coming to Missouri than my friends are. Um, <laughs> that it, it's really hitting the baby boomers hard. They are quite pleased with this. And, uh, and they have the money to travel and try new things. So um, they're constantly asking me about hand creams they can get in California and Portland and everything else. And um, they're excited for it to come here. So, um, yeah, everybody around is, is, is very supportive and excited about this. That's awesome. Um, I know. I feel like there was more to the question, and now I can't remember. It. No, it's okay. So um, who who would you say really helped you, like friends, family, just kind of really push you through any, like, hard times? Because I'm sure, like, when you're writing this book, you had to have some times of, of fear, anxiety, stress. What did that look like, and who was there to support you? And that, I did have, you know, my friend Erin let me live in her basement for a few months. Because I literally didn't know where I was going to be living in the next few months. I couldn't sign a lease um, because I couldn't commit. Um, And I had a few months where I was like, I don't know where I'm supposed to live because I don't know where I'm going to be in three months. So Erin just let me move in and live with her for a while until I had it figured out. Um, and this, and I, I added it up because I don't have any stuff anymore. I've moved six times in the last five years. I was in Denver. I was in Pueblo. I was in Chicago. I was in Shelbyville. Now I'm back in St. Louis. Um, and so for a lot of that, I had a lot of friends that sort of helped with the move, helped pack the truck, um, helped me when the car broke down on 70 and started smoking. Um, yeah, I've had a great support system sort of across the Midwest, really, from Colorado to Illinois that have helped me get through this. 
That's so, that's so good to hear because I know like even for myself, you know, my friends and my family have really supported me through um, Oxen Plow and, and it can be lonely when you're starting your own brand, launching a book, um, anything in this industry um, or any industry. What is some advice that you can give to our audience um, who wants to write a book about cannabis who, or who wants to start their own uh, brand or blog or business in the space? What is some advice you can give to them? And what are some resources that really helped you or that you recommend? Um, I would say, I don't know. Let me think about this for a second. Um, Definitely, honestly, the number one thing really is work harder than everyone else. Um, be the one that does more. Be the one that pushes more. Be the one that gets there first and, and leaves last. Um, and be willing to take a risk. And I don't know what else really gets me through things. I don't know. And just sort of let one... Honestly, at this point with the book, it sort of does um, bring together my experience in publishing and my experience in cannabis. Look at your own track record. Look at your own resume and see what you've done and where you can take that, where the next step is. That's really good advice. I I think, you know, a lot of people um, in this industry or who are coming into this industry kind of forget their skill sets and don't really take a good look at like, okay, like this is what I've done. Um, this is where I'm at, this is my skill set, um, and kind of jump instead of starting like what you said earlier from the bottom and, and really working your way so that you can understand all areas of the business and the industry mm-hmm. as a whole. So I, I think that's a, that's great advice. And, and I really appreciate that you said that because um, when I, when I do ask other people, it, it's, you know, it's always work hard, work hard. And, and sometimes people get lost in that, right? Because they don't understand or, or even just because they don't know um, to kind of look at, okay, well, what have I done? And how can I get to where I want to be in terms of what I've done so far? Um, so I think that's great advice. And, and I think our audience will really appreciate that. Absolutely. Because that's the people that I worked with in the industry that really are the good ones at what they do. They, they came to marijuana that way. Um, the grower that I worked with in Illinois, this was the first time he'd ever grown marijuana plants. But he's so good at growing tomato plants and poinsettias and mums and everything else that his skills just translated into the most beautiful marijuana plants I'd ever seen. Um, I know lawyers that, and here's the thing with the lawyers, just because I am when I get asked this a lot, lawyers want to jump into marijuana. And that's just bring your practice area with you. Um, The tax lawyer who understands cannabis issues is the most important lawyer I can find. Um, that's, That's kind of rare. You sort of bring what you know in and then apply it to cannabis. I love that. Nikki, you are just spitfire. You're amazing. I, I've really enjoyed talking <laughs> to you. I, I feel like there are so many more things about your story that we could unplug today. Um, and I know we're out of time, but um, thank you so much for being on. If you could just tell the audience where to find you, where to find the book, um, and and give us all your handles, I, the audience would love to follow you. And I'll also put it in the show notes, but go ahead and tell them. Perfect. Um, you can find the book anywhere books are sold on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, and especially at your local independent bookstore. Um, hopefully you'll be able to find it at dispensaries soon. We've sent out copies of the book and explained to them how they can stock it in their store. So 
hopefully you can pick it up at your dispensary too. And on all the social media stuff, it's um, get high like a lady. It's that's the Instagram, that's the Facebook, that's the um, what's uh, Twitter, that's that's the the social media handle. Get high like a lady. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Nikki, for your time today. I really appreciate it. Um, and I can't wait to hear what's next for you. Great. Thanks so much thank for you, having Nikki. me. This was fun. Yeah, it was amazing. All right. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the hashtag Canna Chick Chats podcast. If you love this podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes. Also, if you loved Nikki, please go follow her on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook at Get High Like a Lady. And to purchase her new book, which can be found where all books are sold, A Women's Guide to Cannabis. And we're doing something very exciting. We're going to do a giveaway. All you have to do is check out our latest Instagram to see what you need to do for your chance to win. Okay, guys, until next time, I'll see you soon.